Father. We just love you so much. Thank you for loving us first. Jesus, you're closer than a brother. You are our brother. We share the same Papa. Thank you for being a saver, the lover of our souls. You loved me, us, when we didn't even care a thing about you. Your love and mercy, your kindness is new every morning. We just love you and we honor you. Holy Spirit, oh, what a wonder you are. You do lead us. You're our advocate. You're our attorney. You're always with us. You're kind. And you guide us wherever we need to go. We so invite you here today. You're so welcome. Papa, Jesus, Holy Spirit, come. Come. We just welcome you. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. The Lord had an encounter with me this morning. He was talking to me early because he could get a word in. And he was saying that he's releasing a portal and that's the word that I kept hearing, and it's like an open door, an open place. And that there's an anointing of joy and hope and faith and forgiveness. It just wants us to walk into it. And much of what we've been sharing here at Legacy, and you've been teaching, Scott, is that that's all available. But there's a special impartation today that he wants us to join in and be in agreement with. He said that he wanted to put even dump trucks. We heard that on a Friday night meeting at the Alcorns. But he's just waiting to impart it to us. And kids, what he wants to say to you always, that you already know, is even when the adults in Jesus' time tried to kind of move the kids over so the adults could get on with their business, <laughs> he shushed them. He shushed the adults. Don't you guys just secretly kind of love that? <laughs> And he said, let him come to me. You are such a special, integral part of his creation, and he's crazy about you. And that's part of the legacy here at Legacy Church is that God honors the younger ones and teens. You're special. He loves you. He's crazy about you. Just wanted to pass that on. So the anointing of joy and hope and faith and forgiveness is something that the Lord's been talking to us about for a while. And what he said to me this morning about forgiveness was that, and Debbie and other people that know me and love me have been praying for this, is that forgiveness is really layered. Sometimes we can be mad at God, we can be mad at ourselves, and maybe we don't even know that. But what he's saying is, just look at me, you know? I died on the cross, I did everything I could, I've done it all, I just love you. And what it hit my heart, because I grew up in the church and I heard all of that, but what hit my heart was, if you don't forgive Connie, even though it's deep, and yeah, so many of us here have been wronged, maybe from childhood, maybe from birth, God forbid. But what he was saying is if you don't let me help you with forgiveness, then you and I have a wedge between us. And that hurts him, and it hurts us. 
and I've had a battle with this one. I'm a hard, well, I'm a, I'm a strong character, <laughs> and he created me that way, but not to have a hardened heart. And Naira, you're part of my team. You've been praying for me, too. But he just said, you know, if you understand that forgiveness isn't about condoning what's been done, but it's about severing that tie to be in agreement with the enemy who says, yeah, you've been done wrong. You have every reason to be hurt. Yes, in God's kingdom, we have reason to be hurt. But what he's saying is, let me just sever that. Let me just cut that off in the name and blood of Jesus. And then you're going to have freedom where that took hold of you, that I can take hold of you, and now the two of us can walk out this joy and this peace and this new life and this new creation. And everything that's waiting that's been on hold because I was in agreement with the enemy over what Jesus wanted to promise me. And I was going, amen, finally. <laughs> so, Lord, we just ask by your kindness by your mercies that are new every morning, and God knows I need it, by your joy that just surpasses everything. We just speak freedom over this house, Lord. We just say, oh, Jesus, we receive. We take that authority, we take that sword, and we say no more to the lies of the enemy. We beg, Lord. We want to be free. We don't have to beg, but I, I need it. And so we say no more in agreement to the enemy. We choose forgiveness. We choose kindness. And we choose even to pr pray for those that have really, really wounded us. They don't know what they're doing, or they wouldn't do it. So Lord, may kindness prevail here. May joy just bubble out as we walk into a new freedom, Lord. We choose you. We choose life, not death that the enemy is not going to have a hold on these strongholds in our hearts anymore. We're going to leave this place totally delivered and new because you make all things new. Lord, renew our minds. Help us to get this stuff. Renew our minds, Lord. We ask you, just fill us full of your Holy Spirit to overflowing so people will see there's hope in a broken world, Lord. We're all broken people. But you died to redeem us. You came for the brokenhearted. You came to set the captives free. And thank you for that, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Hey, we want to invite anyone from the team, if you have a, a word of encouragement, a word of knowledge, a prophetic word, go ahead and come up now. I'll just... Linger here for a second and wait. By the way, Connie, just good job, but I love your glasses. I don't know. Don't you guys think she just looks awesome up here? Those glasses, you just match. You know, that's a struggle in our house in the morning. I always have to say, does this look okay? I changed my clothes because, and if I feel wrong and Tammy's like, it looks good, but I'm still not sure, then I bring Emily into the equation and, you know, by the witness of two or three. So, anyway, nobody? I know you guys have stuff burning inside of you. You're just being shy. Okay, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to just run with it. Tammy, you want to come up here with me? Um, so, uh, do you have anything that you were feeling in worship?
Okay. So uh, there's a few things. I don't know if I should go backwards in this or just forward. I'll just go from the top. I, I really believe that he's healing hearts this morning. Physical and your heart. You know, the part of you that has affection for people and gets wounded by people. I feel like he's healing hearts this morning. He wants to heal your heart. Would you guys do me a favor and just stand up for a minute? Let's just do something together. You know, if you wouldn't mind, you don't have to, but if you just want to close your eyes, just close your eyes and and put your hands out before you and before the Lord and put your heart in your hands. I don't know if you can actually do that, but, you know, just pretend. (laughs) Just put your heart in your hands and and present it before him. So, Father, this morning, we just, we bring our heart before you, the physical heart, the spiritual heart, the heart of who we are, the center of our core, of our life. We just present it before you. And we just say, release the breath of life into each one of us. We just say, breathe life and hope and strength. In the name of Jesus, we receive the shalom of heaven, the peace of God that passes, it surpasses all understanding, and it guards like a shield our hearts and our minds through faith in Christ Jesus. So we receive your peace, Prince of Peace. We receive your hope and your life, Holy Spirit. Root this heart that we present before you that I present before you, root it, root this heart in your goodness and in your faithfulness. Let it always be steadfast to trust in your goodness and your faithfulness and never wavering from those two barriers. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come today and be the rooting compound and encase our hearts, encase our hearts with the rooting compound of your presence with your very life. In Jesus' name, amen. So you guys can go ahead and sit. You know, I just feel like, I'll, just, I'll jump down here. Well, I'll, no, I won't. So I just have to say, you know, all fruit, we all have fruit in our lives. You may not feel like you have fruit right now. You may be like not sure what your current fruit is that you're producing. But we all have fruit that we've produced in, in days past, and maybe right now in this moment you're producing fruit. All the fruit in my life, it comes from a continuous laying down. Over and over and over, I lay my life down. Every day when I get up and I get ready to start the new day and I get ready to go to work and pull into that USPS parking lot over there on National Avenue and I turn on where I've had the worship going actually at that point and I'm awake enough. My spirit man is awake and it's it's rejoicing in who he is. And I just lay it all down. I just stay in that place of, I just lay, I just curl up at his feet. I just wanna, I don't necessarily curl up in my car, but I know that's where I'm at. In my spirit, I know I'm, I'm curled up at his feet and I just lay there. I rest there because he's so strong. Getting kind of messed up, sorry. Okay. He's so strong and he's so faithful and he's so good. 
So I lay it all down. <laughs> Emily's like looking at me with these big blue screen eyes over there blinking. Sorry. I know you guys don't care if I do this, you know, but I'm, I'm apologizing to myself, I guess, to, for letting my, my guard down a little bit. Man, so the fruit comes from that place. And I would encourage you guys to, to find that place. Find that place of... <laughs> Gosh, I cannot talk right now. Julie, you want to help? <laughs> it, it, it's catching, probably. If you get up here, it'll happen to you, too. <laughs> it comes from that place of just daily yielding and surrendering to him. He's so good, and he has everything we need. He has the answers. <laughs> Sorry. Look at Connie, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm gonna, I can't look at anybody right now. I'm just going to lose it. Mm. Oh, goodness, Lord. What are you trying to do? So I just release it now. I just release over you guys grace right now, the same grace that I'm feeling and carrying, the, the peace of heaven and the tenderness of heaven. I just release it over this body, over each one of us. And I just declare and I pray that there would be a hunger. I just speak hunger into each one of your hearts. Hunger for the word of God. Hunger for intimacy with him. Hunger to find a secret place to run and just fall at his feet and just know, just know within the deepest part of who you are that he is good and that his love endures forever and his favor over you is enough to last a lifetime. I just, I give that today because I have it in me to give. So you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We know that scripture. Freedom comes from knowing. Paul and Silas were shackled on a prison wall. They had been beaten, and they were being punished for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what did they do? What was going on inside their, their thoughts and their minds? What was in between their ears? Was it, oh, I'm going to die? Oh, this is terrible. God, have you forgotten us? Have you forsaken us? Have you left us? Is this how you treat your sons? That's not what happened. They had a revelation. They had a, a transformation that they experienced through a revelation by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and they knew He's good, and they knew that He's faithful and that His love endures forever, and they began to sing praises and sing worship songs in the middle of that dark prison, and we, most of us, know what happened after that. There was a great earthquake, and all the shackles of all the prisoners snapped open. Pop! An angelic host came into that place and broke all the shackles off those prisoners. Now, we won't go into the rest of that story, but there's something about worship. When we declare the praises of God, when we sing the high praises of God, I love that psalm that says, you know, let, let the saints, it's probably a song that I'm thinking of, but it is a psalm. Let the saints, that's you and me, you're not a sinner, by the way, saved by grace. You are a saint. You were a sinner, but now you are a saint who's been saved by grace. So the psalmist says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praise, oh my gosh, preaching to myself right now, I guess. Let the high praise of God be in their mouths 
and a two-edged sword or an iPhone with scriptures in their hand. (laughs) I don't know what's happening this morning, you guys. This is weird. This is not the typical. (sighs) My word. So, you know, I've said this before. Bill Johnson says that, you know, the only closed heaven that most people experience is between their ears. We don't get a breakthrough by trying harder. It comes through thinking differently, being transformed by renewing your mind. Why the brain? Why? I guess your brain is kind of like the CPU on a computer, right, Ethan? The CPU is like the brain of the computer, connected to the hard drive, of course, where all the data is stored. But when those, those things are pumping together, if there's a virus, if there's malware in the system, you're going to get an error warning. Why not? Is there an error warning on that computer? <laughs> I wasn't planning it to flow this way. Your mouse has stopped working. Click OK to continue. I don't know. Do you feel like that's you sometimes? <laughs> I know what I'm supposed to do right now, but I feel like I've been, something's been dis- disabled. Something's disconnected. Let's do another one, Isabel. This is going to help me shift out of this uh, emotional moment I'm having. Are you sure you want to delete Earth? (laughs) Now, we know that this is probably just a a program of some sort on a computer, but, you know, we've all been there. Don't Don't you just feel like, God, just come back now. Just come. Put all wickedness to an end now. Give me that new resurrection body. Clothe me in, in that imperishable tent that I'll forever dwell in. So what's another one, Isabel? An error has occurred while displaying the previous error. See, there's something spiritual about these things. The enemy, the enemy likes to come in numbers. It's not just one little demon on one shoulder and an angel on the other. The enemy, and he could just speak several lies if there is just one. Depends on how many angels you have, I guess, you know, and which ones are fighting off the other demons and which one might have gotten through. I really don't know how that all works, but I believe it's what the Bible kind of gives us a picture of, you know, that there are, we do not battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and things, things that we can't see. They battle against us, and they come and attack our thoughts. But let's move on to another one. This might be our message for the day. I don't know. Windows cannot find the file. Would you like some wine instead? (laughs) Yes. Oh, see, now I know whoever's laughing the hardest, they're the ones that like wine. (laughs) Tammy's laughing away here. The new wine, of course. Of course. Okay, let's go on to another one, Isabel. This is kind of fun. Your computer sucks click so what you know what sometimes you just have to recognize that you're not perfect but the perfect one lives inside of you and he's not he has not abandoned you he has not left you without hope you know I've said in the past I've quoted Mark Driscoll who used to say God uses crooked sticks to draw straight lines I don't like that word crooked why don't we just say it this way God uses broken sticks Not broken like forever permanently broken, but sweetly broken. Broken and contrite. 
a broken and contrite heart, a broken and surrendered heart, he will not despise. He loves your heart. He loves the deepest part of who you are. He cares about it deeply. But it's okay sometimes to say, hey, you know, I got stuff. And I think there's been a revelation in this church that we all go through brokenness and that we're all in different variations of a season of brokenness. And we probably will always have some area of brokenness. It doesn't have to be major or minor. The fact is, sometimes it just sucks. But you know what? God is good. And he's got good things in store. You know, the one who began a good work in you, he is faithful. I know it's a refrigerator magnet. Most of us are like, it's been so worn out. But he began a good work in you. He began a good work in me 30 years ago when he broke my spirit in my heart on my living room floor and I said, I don't know how I'm going to ever change. He began something there. And it has not been perfection all the way. Every day. It's been a season of this and a season of that. And yes, I've got so much to rejoice over, so many things to be thankful for. And I would encourage you, your computer sucks, so what? He's done awesome stuff in your life. There's been fruit in the past, and there's going to be fruit in the future, and there's fruit right now. Now, I didn't think these things were going to be the, the message today, but what's next, Isabel? Is that it? Is there one more? Low level of coffee or wrong kind of coffee detected. Take a break and refill your cup. Oh, yes, thanks, or remind me. Okay, well, that one, I don't think I have something. Well, maybe you could just say, you know, sometimes you might feel like you're having a low level of the Spirit of God inside of you. You know, Paul said, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, which means all kinds of sinful things. It opens up a door if you're drunk. Don't be drunk on wine. Be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you, and Paul says, be filled. Be continually filled. There are fresh infillings. Even right now, as we're just sitting here, we are receiving a fresh filling of his presence, a fresh filling of what he wants to say, what he wants to release into us. So I click, oh, yes, thanks. I'm refilling my cup right now. Is there anything else on there? Is that the one? One more, okay. Windows has detected, I don't use a PC anymore. I guess Forrest can relate. Windows has detected that your computer is more than 12 months old. Windows 98 requires a newer machine to run properly. Please update your configuration. So, are you here today ready for an update? Upgrade. Or an upgrade? Well, just say it, upgrade. Upgrade! <laughs> okay, it's fun to declare things. I like doing it. That was the last one, right? Okay. Well, I don't want to delete my document here. We're going to shift some gears. We're doing good. It's 1220. The last time I said that, though, it went from good to not so good. We've got some good things coming up, guys. Um, I did not bring the boxes of books, but Isabel, will you just pop the... These are the three books that we have a stash of now that we will intend to bring every Sunday, but I forgot them this morning. So most of you have said, yes, I've got to have that declarations book by Steve Backlund. So if you want a copy of that or Bill Johnson's When Heaven Invades Earth, which really goes in depth about 
a lot of what makes us tick as, as leaders, as church planters who have a, a passion to see a certain kind of DNA laid into the foundation of this church, when heaven invades earth, it's pretty simple. It's Jesus' prayer. On earth as it is in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done here on the earth and in the earth just as it is in heaven. Whatever is in heaven that's not on earth, that's what we need to pull in. And if there's something on earth that's not in heaven, then we need to have heaven invade that area. So where there's brokenness, where there's sickness, where there's sin, where there's bondage, where there's unforgiveness, none of that is in heaven. Heaven is full of freedom, full of because the kingdom of heaven is in the Holy Spirit, Romans 14 tells us. The kingdom of heaven is not about eating and drinking. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of heaven is in the Holy Spirit. So where the Spirit of God is, there you have the kingdom, there you have freedom, there you have the rule and reign of King Jesus. And where the king is king, there's the kingdom. So we want to pull his kingdom into our existence, into our experience. In fact, you don't have to go someplace to find his kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you because the Holy Spirit is within you. And the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In fact, your spiritual human, the, the, your spiritual human, the spirit man or woman inside of you is actually seated with Christ in heavenly places according to Ephesians. So if, if I'm standing here right now, but in my spirit, man, I'm actually seated with Christ in heavenly places. Well, that means the realm of heaven where Christ is seated and ruling and reigning is actually right here. And it's just waiting to burst forth out of my life and out of your life into situations. So anyway, and then there's the culture of honor book, which is really important. It changed the way we look at people and we look at ourselves and we look at our children it has a lot to do with seeing people from a prophetic viewpoint. God is the God who speaks into existence the things that are not as though they are. He looks at you and he says, you are holy and beloved. You are righteous. You have been made holy by the blood of Jesus. It's declared, done, and finished. Yet, your experience is, well, I'm not really feeling like I'm fully walking in holiness because I just dropped an F-bomb at that driver in front of me in my car. We have to wrestle. Yeah, boom. <laughs> you could do it loud if you want. <laughs> Stomp your foot or something. Pow. You know, we all sin. We all make mistakes. But our identity does not come from things that happen like that when we sin. When, when you declare over your life that you're a sinner, that that is your identity, that you're just a sinner saved by grace, you will sin by faith. But if you know who you are, a royal priest, a son or daughter of God, then sin will happen occasionally, but acts of righteousness, acts of holiness, acts of walking in faithfulness to God are going to be the common 
denominator. They're going to be the thing that you're going to have happen more and more. What you believe about yourself is really important, and it's really important to God. He wants you to know who you are. You know, Romans 8 says that all creation groans and waits in eager expectation for the sons and daughters of God to be made manifest. Creation is just waiting for us to show Jesus to rise up, be the sons and daughters that he saved us to be, that he anointed us to be, that he empowered you through the Holy Spirit living in you to be, to go out and release the kingdom and proclaim the kingdom in the earth just like Jesus did. So, culture of honor kind of deals with that, how you see yourself and how you see others. We speak life over our children. We speak life. We call the gold out of people. We don't look for the dirt because we all know we've got dirt. You don't need to point my dirt out. I don't need to point your dirt out. You already know what dirt you have. I mean, unless you really just don't see it, you know, someone might feel led by the Spirit to say, hey, you got treasure, the treasure of heaven inside of you, but there's just that little bit of dirt kind of distracting from it. Do you mind if we just, you know, touch it? Is it okay? But we don't go in and, like, pull the log out of, oh, wait, it's not a log. It's a speck of sand, a speck of sawdust. We don't just go up to someone with a speck of sawdust and say, can I get that out of your eye? When I got this huge telephone pole in my eye and I knock them over at the same time, they're like, boy, what a hypocrite. Anyway, so those are the books. So, um, as you know, we are in relationship with Galen and Danette from Oregon. Um, they recently asked Scott and I to join them on a ministry trip to the Dominican Republic in November. And we just felt a huge yes in our hearts, and we took it to our team, and they said, yes, go for it. And uh, so we are going to be doing that. We'll be gone for six days from the 6th to the 12th and in November, and we'll be ministering um, a day or two to pastors, and two to three days doing, um, yeah, open air crusade, so yeah, we're really excited. We've never been there, so we got our passports. God got them here early, (laughs) so yes, we are looking forward to that. We're really excited, yeah. So, Galen approached us because this, this international ministry called Mike Silva, I've never heard of him before. I trust Galen. He is a spiritual father to this church and a vital, I stress, vital lifeline relationship to us as a church and to us as a family, as a husband and wife. They mean the world to us, and I trust him. And next week, you're going to have an opportunity to get to know Galen and Danette. They're going to come next Sunday, and they're going to minister. We receive them as an apostolic gift to this church. Galen won't be able to tell his whole background in one Sunday, and I don't really know what he's going to end up speaking on. But we know from what we've seen what their church looks like. They started their church 30-some years ago, probably close to 40 years ago now. They experienced renewal when the Toronto outpouring happened in 1994. Galen and another minister from their church went to Toronto, and when they came back, something happened in their church that I will leave it for him to describe to you. But 
it was an outpouring that was continuing to happen just as they were experiencing in Toronto. I mean, he described things like people walking onto the church property and touching the door handle and falling on the steps of the door in front of the church because they were just like drunk in the spirit and having such a heavy encounter of the presence of God that they felt like they were just stuck to the ground. That lasted for quite some time and it's through that kind of outpouring that happened in Toronto and people going there and coming back into the States and other places around the world that things like Bethel experienced what they have and Bill Johnson and Randy, well, Randy Clark is the guy that actually was used by God to minister in Toronto and when it all happened. But it was a transferable anointing that happened, that people would receive there in one place and they would go back to their churches and signs and wonders and miracles were happening. People were having these strong encounters with the presence of God that changed them forever. So that's part of the story of Galen and Danette's church. And we've seen in their church such a healthy foundation of what we want to pull from. You know, so I know I, I want to jump ahead a little bit, but I'll, let me get my brain back into track here. So they're coming next week. They've been invited by this Mike Silva International Evangelistic Ministry. So it is one of those open-air crusades in the Dominican Republic this time. And they reached out to Galen to see if he would put together a healing team. So as Galen was putting together a healing team, that is when he asked us if we would be a part of that. And yeah, it's going to be really fun because there will be time to, to pray for leaders of churches in that area. And little inside joke about the books, the declaration. I, we had this stack of those declarations books that came to us in Spanish. Declaraciones. And we're like, what do we do with these? And I just happened to have vacation time in November during that week. We thought for, at first we were going to go to Bethel for the leaders' advance. And we thought, no. And then the thing with uh, Women's Aglow or Aglow International is happening in Spokane. We're interested in that because Graham Cook is going to be at that event. Um, we thought that would be an opportunity. But then when Galen asked us if we would do this, it just it looked like it was falling together in advance for so anyway we'll ask the church to pray for that time um, we just want to go we want to be a blessing we want to strengthen and encourage leaders of churches we want to see God just flow in healing we have big faith to see the presence of God moving and healings happen it's their first time actually having a healing prophetic team there they've never had one and he's like I really want one this time and so one of his guys said I know the guy to do this, to put together a team for you. And so, and that was Galen. And he met Galen, and he's like, I want you to do this. So we're super stoked. And we get to go with some of their, their elders. And um, Teresa, who was here, will be going as well. Yeah, so there will be quite a few people from their church. Yeah. yeah, so we're excited. Needless to say, we are very stoked. I'm kind of tripping out about it. I've never been out of the country except for Canada and Mexico. I don't know what's going to happen in another part of the world. I'm kind of freaking out a little bit, but I have peace. I have peace about it. It's a good freaking out, but yeah, it's kind of like, wow, okay. 
apparently a lot of people from Haiti come across, because it's all on one big island. You know, Haiti's on one half and Dominican Republic is on the other. So a lot of Haitians come to the, these gatherings too. It's going to be a wild adventure. So Galen's coming next week. And with that said, let's put up, this is church. We should read the Bible. As Chris Valentin said, I guess it's come to that. Let's go ahead and put that Ephesians chapter 2 passage up here. I'm just going to walk us through this, and then we're going to stand, maybe do a few declarations, and we'll be done. Does that, does that sound good to you guys? Mm-hmm. I'm reading telepathically. You're giving me words of knowledge. Yes, that sounds good. Okay. Don't freak out if I said telepathic. I don't <laughs> believe in mind reading, unless the Holy Spirit's... Anyway, okay. So... This is from Ephesians chapter 2, 17 through 22, the English Standard Version, not the Passion this time, so it's really drawn out when you do the Passion. Now this is speaking about Jesus. He came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. So I'm just going to pause for a second. We already prayed this. We, we declared it. I felt like it was something in my spirit to to release as an impartation. I feel that in my walk with God, I carry a measure of peace, a grace. I don't have every grace gift, and neither do you, but one thing I know I carry is peace. Ever since I was a young believer, and even before I was saved, actually, I was a very chill person, but I found a place of peace in Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. Peacemakers who sow in peace in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness, the Bible says. That's my verse. I want to reap because I want to sow in peace. So I just release that shalom of heaven, that peace of God here, and I declare the scripture. He came and he preached peace to you, those who are far off, those who are near. For through him, through Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father, period. You have access to the Father by one Holy Spirit. It is there. There is nothing that needs to ever get in the way of you accessing the Father. When you need a daddy moment, when you need to feel the the love of the Father and hear his words speaking over your spirit, over your heart, I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. You mean so much to me that I sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. That's how valuable you are to me, that I would send him to die, to take on flesh and blood and die for you, that you could receive eternal life, that you could be reconciled to me. That's what the Father says over you. And you have access in the Spirit at any moment, any time to run to him. The Wi-Fi connection is spot on. You will not get the call dropped. You are there right now. Right now. I can't snap very loud, but there we go. You're there. We are connected. We are connected. I'm thinking of an old song right now, but anyway, you wouldn't even know what I'm talking about. We have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, with all that said, you've got peace, you've got access to the Father through Jesus, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens. You are not an orphan. You have not been abandoned by God. You're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. King Jesus is my big brother. 
so don't mess with me. <laughs> don't mess with you. I just had to throw that in there. If you're like, why would you say Jesus is your brother? Just read it. It's in Hebrews chapter 2. It says he is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. And, he's, and he prayed that prayer in John chapter 17 about bringing us to his father and now our father. But anyway, we're not, that's, that's a sidetrack. So, fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Now, I've said this in the past. I looked this up on Google trying to find an image to go with this verse to post on Facebook, and I saw the weird picture of the Old Testament part of the wall coming to the, in the New Testament part of the wall with Jesus, the chief cornerstone, right in the center, and they were basically saying that, well, it's the prophets of the Old Testament and the apostles of the New Testament that come together, and that's our foundation. I don't believe that is true because we know that the church has gifts that Christ gave. In Ephesians 4, it says, he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to equip the saints. That's us. So those office gifts were given by Christ himself to equip us to become apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, pastoral, and teach, teachable, or able to teach. They're equipping gifts. So the foundation of the church, God's heart is that it would have an apostolic, prophetic foundation. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, these are governmental offices that Christ gave to the church, not to be over the church, I want to make sure that we get this picture right, guys. It's a foundation. Oftentimes we see spiritual leadership like a pyramid, and we put the man of God. I love uh, someone we know. I won't say who. Some of you will know. A man that we used to know that we were under used to say, God's man of the hour full of paste and flour. It's kind of funny. I laughed because he had a good sense of humor, and I think that's why we connected so much, um, and he was our spiritual leader. There's this, this picture that we get of coming under a leader, or we, who is your covering? Who's over you? And it becomes this pyramid thing where the man of God is on the top, and we're all under him. It just kind of builds, you know, he's got his team and the team below them, and, and he's always on top, and nobody can get any higher than him because he's the man of power, full of paste and flour. Pyramids become a tomb of dead kings. I stole that. I won't say who. If you want to know, I'll tell you later. I thought it was a good word. It's a good picture. A pyramid becomes a tomb. When that king dies, when the guy on the top is dead, that's going to be where he's buried, and that's as far as that goes. We want to reverse the pyramid. Leaders and the gifts of apostolic and prophetic gifts are given to the church to be in our foundation for us to build on. As mom and dad of five children, our ceiling becomes their floor. I want to go as far as I can in the kingdom because they're going to springboard off of what I've gone the distance I've run. 
So we want in our foundation. So yes, we come under teaching, and we all know that not all teaching that you come under goes into you, goes into your heart. You're like, "Uh, I don't really agree with that. But when God gives apostolic and prophetic gifting and anointing, and you're starting to receive things of the kingdom of heaven that you didn't quite have a grasp on before, and you're like, yes, this is good. This is something kind of fresh and seems new, even though it's been in the Bible all this time. So I receive it, and it gets into my spirit, and it gets into my foundation. So let's finish the verse. With Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. There's no word chief in there. I added that, I guess. In whom the whole structure, the whole structure, being joined together. This is all believers in God's mind and his picture that you have an apostolic, prophetic foundation. Jesus is right in the center. He's the chief cornerstone. And the rest of the saints are built right on top of that foundation. Solid foundation that cannot be broken. It cannot be budged. Being joined together and it's growing into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So next week... We receive Galen and Danette into our gatherings as an apostolic father because he's a wise builder and he has an anointing on his life to release something into this church. We invite him to speak into the life of this body. Now, I was kind of going into the thing about that book, The Culture of Honor, but there's an element of that book that Galen released towards us. You can go ahead and darken that scripture. We're, we're about done, I promise. But when Galen met us, we had an encounter at his church in McMinnville, Oregon at a conference, a Bethel conference, where we received a word to plant a church. We were there for that very reason to find out if God really wanted us to move forward and plant a church. And when that prophetess came to us and said, I hear God say, you are here for clarity, direction, and you are to go plant that church. It about knocked us off our feet, but we had no idea that there was more to the package than just that. We, there was in that building, in fact, the guy that planted the church that we were standing in, we didn't know it at the time, but he would become a spiritual dad to us. And it's something that we knew we wanted because that's how we were trained, that we would have an apostolic input, apostolic relationship, and prophetic input, prophetic relationship into a church. If a church is going to be a healthy, thriving, kingdom-minded church, it needs to have those, those gifts, those grace gifts releasing into the work. That's what we believe. Not everyone's going to walk into this building, in this church, now or in the future, and they always agree with that. And that's okay. There are so many variations of the body of Christ and expressions of his body throughout the city. People will find their place. But this is what's in our heart, and I know it's in, in most of your hearts, and that's why you've came and you're like, yes. But I, I gotta say that Galen didn't, I don't know what he saw in us because we were just this couple, and we spent probably two years in our living room with not much happening. And when we would call him and have some FaceTime with him, him and Danette, he would encourage us. And he's like God. Not, he's not like God. He, like God, how God 
calls the things that are not as though they are and brings those things into existence. Galen, with that kind of thinking, sees something or saw something in Tammy and I and in our little church and knowing the prophetic word spoken to us, he saw something that would cause him to want to value what God was doing in us. So as I believe great things for my children and I will always speak destiny and life over them and what their dreams are that God has given them. We will breathe on those dreams and we will pour gasoline on the fire of their passions to pursue stuff. Even though we don't see it, we believe with them for the things that are, they're dreaming for. So that's kind of the relationship Galen has with us, that he, he sees something in what we're dreaming. He sees something in the vision that we have for a church in the city that would become an apostolic storehouse, a place where people could be trained and equipped and released into the city and wherever else they're going to go. That is the relationship. I can't say all of that with Galen here. It would be really weird for one thing. Um, But time does not allow for all of that description. But they've believed in us from day one and from year one and year two. And he's never been heavy-handed, never told us what to do. He has lots of wisdom and ideas and submits it to us. And he's like, I don't know, think about it. You might try this, you might try that. It's just a thought, but you do what you want. He's very respectful, but, he, but we want that wisdom. We need people that have gone beyond us to speak into our foundation so that we can grow and build on that foundation. Why don't you guys stand? I'm not going to say that we'll do this every week, but this is like the third week in a row now that we're going to end with some declarations. (laughs) You guys good with that? You guys want to? I've been talking the whole time. You're all quiet, so this is a chance for you to exercise your vocal cords. But I want to encourage you, let something in your spirit attach to the things you're speaking. Let there be something that rises up within you that says yes to what you're speaking out of your mouth and and partner with those words and pull something from heaven through those declarations. These declarations come from that book, Declarations, by Steve Backlund. And this is from the chapter, the one page on impartation so we're going to read the lies first that's why I had it set up that way so here's a couple lies last time we did the lies at the end and Leslie was like why do we do the lies at the end it feels like it just goes against what we just declared and I'm like you're so right so we don't have to speak these out in fact I think I'll just read it you guys should declare this because these aren't truths these are supposed to be lies if and you can read it out loud if you want if God wants me to have a gift He will have to give it to me directly. He will not use another person in order to do so. That's not biblical. But that is often our thinking. Only Christian superstars can impart to others, not people like me. I don't believe that's true either. Freely you have received, freely give. We each have a grace gift, and there's fruit in your life. Find out what your fruit is. I want to encourage you 
just as I took a step of faith today and, and declared an impartation of peace, I'm not anyone special. I'm not any more special than you guys. We're all on the same playing field. We're all saved by the same blood of Jesus. We're all sons and daughters. You have a grace that is inside of you. Lancer and Julia, we've called it out of them. Gifts of faith and, and the prophetic. I encourage them to release that. I encourage each one of you to release and use your mouth to let that gift come out and impart it. So here's going to be some declarations about impartation. You ready, guys? One, two, three. I become more established in my life by receiving impartation from others. Others seek me out to give me what I did not earn. I am an impartation magnet. When I declare life or lay hands on people, they are launched into higher dimensions of life and ministry. I carry more than I am aware of due to impartations I have received from others. I have an expectation to do more than I have before because of what I have received from others. God provides shortcuts for those who believe and receive. I am able to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, walk in increased wisdom, boldness, and creativity through the work of the cross and impartation. As I honor the gift of others, I am able to receive the same gifts and build on them. I have the ability to give away what God has given me to those who earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So, Father, this morning, we just seal this time by giving you a, a hearty thanks and praise. We worship you. We give you thanks. We give you honor. We give you praise because you are a good God and you have given us good gifts and you have given us, each other, a body of believers to be joined to, a body of believers that will release and speak life and strength and impartation into one another. We receive these gifts, Lord. I receive this body of believers. I receive from them the grace that you've placed inside of them. And I want to pull and receive from their gifts to be furthering your kingdom in my own experience and in my own journey. And I release to them whatever they would want to take from me. We thank you that you've given us good gifts, that all good gifts, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. You never change, but you give good gifts, various gifts, and we just thank you for them now in Jesus' name. And we just bless everyone in this room. We say, let the favor and the blessing of Father God in the name of Jesus Christ be on every one of us. Amen.